Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. The people have been asking for it, and it's back. The Mike Bruce show. Less than two weeks ahead of Notre Dame versus Navy. Mike, you pumped up for the first game, bro? I'm pumped up for this. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, obviously, it's great to have football back on the TV. It's almost like a season, you know, spring, summer, fall, et cetera. It's like a season. It's like, okay, the seasons are changing. It's great to be back. I felt like a caged animal, Mike, you know, <laughs> the last couple of weeks here. So it's great to be back. Yeah, I know – that you're really wanting to do a show when you're texting me and Tim about like our show that means him doing Wednesdays. And I'm like, all right, Goolsby, Goolsby's getting ready. He's getting fired up. He's ready to go. Oh, sure. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one as well. We're going position by position. Uh, we're we're going to break down the entire Notre Dame roster. Um, Goolsby called me up about 10 minutes before we started recording. He's like, dude, we got to pop this up. This, this clip I had back in January, I want you to pull up. So that's going to be really fun. Um, so yeah, we'll start with defense here in just a moment. Um, and Mike, you know how you, I mean, you just watched the entire show with Tim, right? For on, on Wednesday, that hour long, hour 15 long show, whatever that was, you watched, you watched a good bit of that. It was an hour and 37 minutes to be exact. And yeah, I watched most of it. I think I had three or four advertisers just for you. I got a whopping zero. Nice. I thought about contacting your advertising. Like, Hey, I got a special Goolsby show Sunday. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. No, 
Not not for Sunday. We're I'm just going straight mad. Ghoulsby all the time. Now, podcast audience, you know, you guys have some ads. If you're watching back on YouTube, you get, you know, you get those YouTube ads. But um, yeah, for those folks watching live, this it's just straight hour plus of Ghoulsby. And to thank us, please do hit the thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to our channel for more content. If you have not done so, bloomandgold.com is your home for all Notre Dame football coverage and recruiting from myself and Kyle Kelly. Goolsby's on the board all the time, too. Always posting, chatting it up, uh, dropping some hot takes on the board. Um, we'll hop into the defense in a second, Mike. Trash says... Always with interesting super chats. If you had six captains on your team, who would be your all-time Notre Dame captains? Love the show. Love the shop. I believe blue and gold. Appreciate your trash. Mike, do you have any thoughts on this six right here? Well, no advertisers gives me more time to talk. So, again, not mad at it. Yeah, I know. Fun question. I mean, when I think of a captain, the first name that comes to mind would be Manti Teo. Absolutely. Um, gosh, that's a tough question. And this is interesting because when I when I think of that question, I think of uh, former captains, right? So they're gonna we're gonna reinsert them as active captains. So I don't even know if some of these players were captains, but in hindsight, looking at things retrospectively, maybe they'd be a good captain. I'd probably put Q Nelson just for the type of play. And this is there's always a recency bias, so forgive me going back to pre Holtz era. I'd say Q Nelson, Teow. I think Kyron Williams, um, I mean, was was exceptional in that capacity. I mean, he yeah. was the motor of the team, and it was almost palpable. Like, you know, you want to say a Tim Brown, something like that, right? I'll throw a Tim Brown out there because he's spoken out recently, um, kind of stuck his neck out there. So that makes four. That's enough on the offensive side. So defensively speaking – just for fun, I'm going to throw Michael Stonebreaker in there because I really looked up to Stonebreaker and kind of tried to model my game. I, I stole his signature, Mike. Back in the day, he used to sign things, take no prisoners, which is awesome. So I started doing that when I was in college. I'll say Stonebreaker, and I need a sixth. Can I Can I inter, in, insert please, one in there? Save me, please. How about Mike Goolsby? Well. Um, you can't say it, but I can Okay, well, that, that wraps it up. So we got two linebackers in there. But yeah, I, I, something I always try to pride myself on was toughness and leadership, absolutely. And being a captain was a goal of mine. So, so recap the six again? So we went, in no particular order, Q Nelson, Quentin Nelson, Manti Teow, Kyron Williams, Tim Brown, Stonebreaker, and you had me as a captain. I did. And that's funny, uh, this question's coming off the back of the news of, you know, they announced their four captains, and right. that's... Um, yeah, I, it, that's an interesting thing. Do these kids just fall into, oh, my God, I got named captain. It's almost like they were proposed to, like they were surprised by it, or is it something that you work towards? And me personally, it was something that it was a goal of mine to be named captain. That's just That'd be an interesting question for our, our current captains. Yeah, and then, um, Mike, I want to pop those captains up on the screen there. Yeah. Um, you got J.D. Bertrand, Cam Hart, Sam Hartman, and Joe Alts. Um, I think four is a, like a low end. I think I feel like it's been like six or seven years past. Did you think this was a, you like this group of four? I do. Yeah. We, when I played and again, T Willingham named captains postseason, which never made sense to me. I mean, you're talking after the season, Michael, they named the captains. 
bizarre, like at the football banquet. But I think four is pretty customary. Okay. It's like it's like bridal parties anymore, dude. It's like if there's not 12 girls in the bridal party, it's like. But yeah, customarily, I think four is, is a great number. Okay. I like the picks. Um, Sam Hartman's obviously taken that locker room by storm. Makes sense, you know, just because of his age and the experience level makes a ton of sense. Alt's the best player on the team. JD's tried and true. Cam Hart's the interesting one to me. Yeah. Um, especially Mike, given his injury history and some of that's out of his control. But it's t- tough to have a a captain miss time. So it happened last year um, with Bo Bauer was actually a captain if you if you go back. Um, so I think hopefully that puts good pressure on Cam to stay on the field, being named captain. Healthy pressure. And then looking back, 2022 captains, Bauer, Bertrand, Davis, Foskey, Mayor, Patterson. So they had six last year. And then the year before in 2021, Avery Davis, Cal Hamilton, Kurt Heinis, Jarrett Patterson, Tongvaloa, Mosa, Drew White, Kyron Williams. So seven that year. So yeah, four and yeah, I thought four was a little bit low, but that again, I think four is a is, I, that's the ideal number, you know, six yeah. seven. I feel like that's too much of a crowd. So I do like four, two offense, two defense. Um, yeah, very good. Air Pro K, see your super chat. We will get to that when we talk to um, when we talk about the linebacker group. Um, but let's go to the safeties first, Mike. Um, as we just break down the you know just go again position by position i'll kind of give you some prompt if you need that mike but i it's a really interesting year at the safety spot mike do, do they have enough like do you think that this is a big time group you know ramon henderson xavier watts seems like he's really primed um for a big senior season yeah so yes please do prompt me uh you know how i do i'm um, just looking through my notes here is it a big time group i would say no is Xavier Watts a big-time player? Yes. So collectively, I'm not as excited, but um, I think Watts is, like, primed. Everybody's excited to see how he plays this year. And I think people tend to forget he's had his chain kind of yanked by the former coaching staff in terms of is he going to play receiver? Do we need him at receiver for depth? Is he playing safety? So he hasn't had, you know, a full offseason aside from – most recently to devote to dialing in at the safety position. I don't ask me the games, but I recall like the last two or three games of the season, he dropped like two or three would be picks, like just played the ball, mistimed it slightly. So I think he's going to turn the ball over on defense. I I just do based off of what we'd seen from him to finish out the season. And Mike, in my notes, um, I said, watch it have the type of season that allows him to leave for the NFL. And I don't think that we see enough of that at Notre Dame. I think sometimes guys like, you know, like a Brandon Joseph was a safety for us last year. They they kind of misjudge how talented they are, how good they are. But I just think I don't want to see Watts back next year. And for all the right reasons, I just think I want him to have that type of season. And the only knock on him, you know, and he's an Omaha kid, right? So I was familiar. I didn't work with him ever, but I was, I'd been around him a few times in a seven on seven setting. He was never a burner, but I think that like with his mindset and his work ethic, his mentality, I think he's a type of kid that can train for the combine and shave a couple tenths off of his 40. Um, Ramon Henderson's a nice player. 
when he's back there, man, he's just not like t- a tight enough of an athlete. Like he's, he's a rangy kid. He can cover a lot of ground. Another X wide receiver. Um, to me, if where Ramon's going to excel is playing center field. You can do a lot more with Xavier in terms of like man coverage and really coming down and flashing, making tackles from the box. Um, Ramon's not a great open field tackler. DJ Brown isn't an op- a great open field tackler. You know, we don't know what we have in our transfer from Rhode Island. I know he's big and I know he moved well when I saw his film, Antonio Carter. So there's some decent depth there. Um, but in terms of like star power, I think Xavier Watts is really primed. And, you know, he's the type of kid based off the way he plays singer. It wouldn't shock me if like uh, Watts was named captain just because the guy plays the game the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of a quiet yeah. leader. Yeah, it's like you said, it's a it's an interesting group. Um, and I just wanted to pull up the scholarship chart just so I can make sure we're not kind of forgetting anybody. Um, you know, DJ Brown, I think you kind of know what you have there. I think Carter and then this guy, uh, Thomas Harper, kind of just X factors. I, I mean, Thomas Harper's listed at safety, but I think he's just kind of more of a nickel um, well, for this team. And I guess they're kind of running like a three safety defense at times. They've been talking about that, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So. Harper, yeah, Harper was a was a safety at Oklahoma State, and then he's playing nickel now, coming out of camp. But it's a long season. So I've always said that I think that – and we're going to talk corners here, but I think that Mickey, based off of his, his size and his level of compete, if you go back to watching Tariq Bracey play the position, I mean, just based off of hard wiring, Mickey seems like a great nickel. So might you see that? They're not – they're not practicing him there. He's like yeah. mixing in with Hart and uh and Morrison. That he's that's what I would have thought too, Mike. But they're well, just you need, yeah. Well, maybe with Hart's injury history, you need a somewhat of a polished you know corner behind Hart. But I'm I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if I saw it. Yeah, and I agree that that makes most sense. Yeah, because he is not the tallest guy, but and he's still a younger kid too. So I mean, yeah, this is early in his career. I mean, shoot, we're going to talk about Jordan Patello later, and he was playing Rover at one point for crying out loud. So, um, but yeah, Xavier Watts is, is the premier player in that safety group. And you've got some, some depth there with Schuler and Minich. Minich has been banged up. I don't expect to see much from them, but Watts has always been a guy that has flashed almost from day one. And he, he plays a million miles an hour coming down, specifically playing the outside run. Now I'm just trying to think if there's like a position, like a letter grade that we can, that we can do, mm. you know, and I'm trying to come up with a criteria. Um, like a A is like championship and B. Is, okay. How about this? A is college football playoff national title contention group. B top 10 viability. C top 25 viability D is just trying to get bull eligible. Do okay, you like so, that? Well, dude, in my world, a C is basically an A where I come from, academically speaking. But yeah, <laughs> that, that works. That, so I would say, I would say A would be NFL playoff. Like, so, you know, the, 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 the teams that go to the playoffs put guys in the NFL. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence. So I would say like an A is NFL guys, playoff team caliber it's top five team top four team in the country and then b would be like a top 25 unit and then yes c would probably be average and then hopefully we don't even 
dip our toes in the D's. So that safety group, I'd probably give it like a, a, a solid B, B minus. Right, so there's our grading scale. D, I just put oof. Just there hopefully you do not have any D's. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, leave that up too. I love that. Yeah, Again. Oh yeah. We're going to bring it back. So you think yeah. B for this safety group? Well, because you cannot be an A group. Again, I think I think Watts, hopefully, God willing, leaves for the NFL after this year. So that checks that A box. But B, a top 25 unit, you've got to factor in turnovers there. And at the safety position, we haven't turned the ball over. DJ Brown's not a great player. I think Ramon Henderson can play free safety for you. But, yeah, I like that. Well, I'm going to go B, B minus for our safety group. All right, let's move to the uh, cornerback position, Mike. And we'll get that letter grade there at the end. Kudos to Mike Mickens and the job he's done. I mean, cornerback just was not a, a position of strength. And now with Ben Morrison and Cam Hart, you have your best duo at corner. And how long? And then the Nichols with Clarence Lewis, a guy who's played a lot of football. Thomas Harper played a lot of football. It's just a... It's a good veteran group, Mike. How fired up are you about this cornerback group? Yeah, it's, you asked the question, the best group and how long, and I might argue since back when your boy was playing in 02 and you had Vontez Duff and Shane Walton. Fans will remember those names. We've had Shane on the show. But just guys, it's like when you have guys out on the edges that you fully trust, it gives it gives Coach Golden so much more flexibility in terms of the defense, bringing pressure, which is what a guy like that with the NFL pedigree wants to do. Because you can just say, hey, I'm going to leave these two guys out there. We can play single high and uh, let them go to work. So those two guys, I mean, in terms of value to the defense, it's it's tremendous what they do. Cam Hart is is a funny one for me so just recently named captain but the guy's been dinged up and he, you see the traits and you know the nfl is a is a traits league like you see the length you know you know the speed but it's like in terms of like getting nicked up and not playing through some of these dings it's like and that's another former wide receiver mike it's like does he still have some of that wide receiver mentality where it's just like this is your money year it's a contract year you got to be on the field so he's probably not going to finish out camp with the concussion, which I understand. Um, but he's got to find a way to, to stay on the field, point blank, period. Um, just looking through my notes. Another thing, you know, Benjamin Morrison wasn't this crazy, highly coveted, highly rated guy. Right, Mike? You know better than me. Yeah, I mean – I, he had Bama and Auburn after him a little bit, but I think they cooled and ended up being Washington, Notre Dame. Notre Dame pulled him away from Washington late. Marcus Freeman magic there at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, I think on three had him ranked as a three star. The others, you know, low four star, but not, yeah, like you said, not a highly ranked guy. So he's sure. not a top 150 player coming out in terms of consensus no. rankings. Okay. No. So Morrison kind of comes out of nowhere, takes the you know Notre Dame nation by storm. I hope that that bothers Hart. Hopefully it does, because Hart's like, well, I'm supposed to be the NFL guy. I'm supposed to be the stud out here. And, you know, Benjamin comes out and has the freshman year that he does. And, you know, iron sharpens iron. So it's like, I hope that Benjamin Morrison's play affects Cam, again, in a positive way. Um, I go back to just read my notes here. Mickey, to me, uh, should be a slot corner. The Lewis playing corner, this is – 
excuse me. So Clarence Lewis is now playing slot as well, right? He's playing your nickel. Yeah. And I'm just like, man, he's played a lot of football. I think because he's been here, I think there might be a degree of like obligation from the coaches. I'm just like, they're trying to find like, he's a good quality player. They're trying to, he's not going to beat out Cam. He's not going to beat out Benjamin. So let's find a place for him to play. It's a long season. I think we're going to see some, and this is pure speculation. I don't have any inside information, but I think that you're going to see some rotation there in terms of the bodies that man that, that nickel spot. And if we're going to talk about an X factor for this entire unit, it's uh, this freshman, Mike, Christian, Christian Gray. Gray. I mean, he's looked really good at camp. My sources are buzzing about him. Just a real, you like the word twitchy, Mike, this kid yeah. is that. Um, it's an exciting group. Um, yeah. And when I go back to what I said to kind of kick that corner conversation off in terms of flexibility, really being able to play man, Cam Hart to me, he's such a long strider and I don't, he's not as twitchy. He's like a, you know, Pete Carroll, Seattle Legion of Boom, kind of a cover three type corner, like a, like a Richard Sherman type. You know, Richard Sherman wasn't a burner. That's why it was a sixth round pick. I mean, Cam's a great player, but in terms of locking somebody up, in his injury history. So it's like, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if we see Christian Gray on the field. And then to to, to kind of put a bow on that corner conversation, remember when you and I first started doing this and it was like, we would play an elite program, a top five, a top 10 team. And it was just like, we'd come on the screen after the game and be like, boy, do we need help outside? Whether it be the receiver position and corner. Mm -hmm. And at least for uh, For receivers. Yeah, but like the narrative has absolutely changed in terms of, you know, we don't, we just don't have the athletes at corner, and it's like it's going into the season. You're like confident about it. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't think we can use that excuse, right? Maybe Notre Dame does get torched, but it can't be like the talent, you know? Because I mean, these guys, these are dudes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see a scenario where, yeah, again, where uh, an elite team, an Ohio State receiver, is running past us like we'd seen in yeah. very recent history. So letter, letter grade, we're giving them an A. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Let's uh, yeah, let's pop that back up. There you go. Yeah. You, yeah. Based off our criteria, Mike, hey. um, I think both of these kids could start for a playoff team, and I think both these kids are going to the NFL. Yeah. And, so and Cam? A, a plus? Yeah, I would say, I mean, A plus is tough, but yeah, I'm just going with an A. a. Cover the, okay. Yeah. I like that. A couple super chats real quick. Trash asks, what is the worst Notre Dame take that ESPN has had lately? Um, dude, I don't know. If I'm not watching live sports, I don't watch ESPN. Um, so I'll let the, the chat discuss that unless you had something, Mike. Yeah, I don't I don't really have much to add there. I mean, I've, I've touched on ND's, excuse me, ESPN's kind of anti-Notre Dame bias in the past, but I'm too busy watching Singer and Hyde to pay attention to what ESPN's up to. Mike Nolan dropped the two dollars super chat. Uh, I didn't see a comment from you, Mike, but I really do appreciate uh, the support. Um, let's get into um, linebacker talk. Um, give me a second. I am just taking timestamps because I'm sure you guys will see these clips on a YouTube channel near you very, very soon. Um, yeah, the, just the linebacker group, Mike. It's. Uh, Feels like this has been the group for 16 years at this point, dude. Like these guys yeah. have been at Notre Dame longer than Sam Hartman's been alive, and that's a very, 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 very long time. 
Um, yeah, Bertrand, your captain. And uh, we had a super chat. Air Pro K is not much of a fan of JD Bertrand. He says, Can you explain to me why JD Bertrand starts? He's 5'2 with T Rex hands. That's Air Pro K saying that, not me. I do appreciate the $5 super chat. Um, but yeah, Mike, thoughts on uh, JD and this linebacker group? Um, one, I'm envious. Like you said, it seems like they've been here forever, right? And it's like, I wish I had a sixth year or whatever is the case. Like they just played so much football. Um, but I'm just pulling up my notes here. Mm-hmm. So to answer the question about JD, and this is just a very, I'm just painting with a broad brush here. For a kid to get on the field, especially at a position, a leadership position, a signal caller, somebody that's getting lined up like a Mike linebacker, like a what you know, which is what JD is, you got to earn the coach's trust. I, I think that G, yes, JD is um, he's not big, dude. I mean, I stood up next to him, like I said, a couple of springs ago. I tried to stand next to some of these guys just to gauge. He's small. You know, I'm tall for a linebacker, but he is small. So if he's six foot one, he might be six foot. We'll find out you know, come pro days and all that. But like what JD lacks in just physical gifts, God-given gifts, he makes up for an effort and execution and, and generally speaking, like smarts. So that's why he's your starter and that's why he's your captain. He's getting, he's getting the most out of his DNA, which is really what you could ask any player. Some guys are going to have a higher genetic potential. Um, but he's been, he's been a really good player. And, you know, I go back to that Clemson game last year. I mean, he was electric. He was like perfect. So building off what you said, Mike, how long some of these guys have been here, that was my note. I basically said in terms of scheme and keys, JD and Kaiser better be perfect. Like they have to be perfect. And especially like these guys are like graduated. They're not even really taking classes. So it's almost as if they're in the NFL. I mean, they can be in the film room all day long. So they've got to be perfect in, ter- in terms of like the execution on the field because the ceiling isn't as high as a Jalen Sneed per se. Um, I'm curious about, we'll just go try and keep me on track. Yeah. With Nolan Zeger being out of camp for some time now, does it make sense to move Junior Tui Alamaka back to the mic position? I think – yeah, he's a he's a kid that saw the field as a true freshman as a Mike, and then they moved him over to Viper. It's not a natural position for him. He's body type wise, like his instincts and all that. It just doesn't serve him well to be a pass rusher. I get the dropping him into coverage. I, he checks that box for me. But in terms of helping the team and where he's best suited, to me, I'd slide Junior back in at Mike. Okay. Versus having, I mean, we'll see what happens with Ziegler. Um, but you know, behind JD, you've got Drake Bowen. And I'm sure if JD got hurt, they'd slide Kaiser over to Mike, et cetera. But that's just something I think makes sense to me on paper. Well, Mike, uh, let me stop you there because we did sure. have a super chat from Tom. He says, outside of special teams, how much do you or how much playing time do you see Drake Bowen getting? And for what it's worth from old Mike Singer sources, people are really excited about Drake Bowen, and I think he Definitely will be a special teams guy, but I don't know how much clips you've seen of him, Mike, from spring like or from fall camp and even spring mm-hmm. ball. Like he looks the part as a freshman. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, because now he's probably working with the twos. So a lot of this practice report, I think Timmy Hyde believe we kinda we kinda we're, we're we, we think the same thing. 
so-and-so made a great catch. So-and-so had a great, great interception. But it's like, well, who were they up against? Were they up against the ones? Were they up against the threes? So if, if you heard rave reviews from Drake, it's like, was he going up against the twos or was he going up against the threes? I don't have that answer. Um, but yeah, he's a super highly rated kid. Um, he's going to be probably a future captain. He's just one of those dudes. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I, I want to see him play because watching his high school film, he seemed a little tight to me okay. just in terms of like opening up his hips. It was like playing pass coverage in, in particular. So I just want to see him athletically. Um, but I think he's a Freeman signee. I think you're going to start to see some of these young kids get sprinkled in. I don't think that Drake's ever a kid that's going to transfer out. But if you use that kind of an, as an example, like you got to get these young kids on the field, keep them fed, keep them happy. And JD's not coming back. So I would, I would expect, expect you'd see some garbage time there. I do. And um, Mike, I'll give you a moment to talk about your favorite player on the team. Maris Thiefo. Yeah. Um, so he's still listed as a starter at will, but based off reports that I've heard, he's kind of playing this Aztec position. No, that's yes? the third safety spot. I don't think he's playing Aztec, or, or who that there's there's a there's a position opposite the Viper. Tyler, if you're watching this, can you shoot me a text and tell me? You've got two stand up inside linebackers, and you've got an edge guy that's kind of like a rush guy. So when right, they we're go have to, to that, Steph on that. No, and I'm telling you, if they go to that three-man, they, they have a three-man down lineman, you'd have two stand-up inside linebackers, and they have, basically have a Sam that's like a rush guy. It's like a stand-up defensive end. Hmm. So that's what I heard he's been playing, and they've got Sneed backing him up there. Um, so I, it, 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 the way I interpreted that, that's a demotion. You're looking at me crazy. Someone said that Aztec position, someone says, is like Antonio Carter. Um. Yeah, Horka. Mar- he said Maris is playing Aztec. I think Aztec is this, like the third safety spot. I don't think that's that's Mar- that's what Maris is. Well, doing. What's the? Well, ask Horka what the walkout Sam on the on ball linebacker rush guy. What position is that called? Horka, you hear the man? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If he wasn't, you know, just Hork. I mean, Horka. I mean, I'd have you hop in real quick, but uh, you know, I know Horka. I, well, I heard. I'm telling you, I heard this discussed. Um, well, anyways, I, yeah. Anyways, well, I, we'll see what happens. But if they do play, because we talked about Coach Freeman wanting to move to a kind of a three-three-five type deal, and everybody everybody wants everything to be concrete, like resolute, like this is the defense. So there's going to be like shades of things. So it's like, you're not just going to play a four or three. So if we go third down, as opposed to having Isaiah Foskey playing inside linebacker, like we saw early last year, it's like, now you're going to walk a linebacker up to rush from like that Sam position is what I was, what I heard. Uh, just quick note, Jaden Osbury, I, he might not be a guy who plays one of the three linebacker spots watch this season, but Jaden Osbury, I've heard really good things out. 
yeah. um, at, at, at fall camp. And then, Mike, just uh, this guy right here, Jalen Sneed. Um, what would well, you, you can't say? Talk, yeah, you can't talk about Marist without – so to, to you threw me off with this Aztec thing that I mentioned, Sorry. and you're saying it's not what I think – what I believe it is, but I'm not at the press conferences. Um, I think Marist Leofow is going to be on the field, but I think he's been demoted from playing – True inside linebacker will. Okay. So who's playing? Will? So then, who do you think's playing? Will Kaiser. So who's playing? We don't Rogue? play. We don't Need? play. Just Mike, stop talking. And let me finish my thought. We don't play. We don't play a base defense. We play nickel. Yeah. You know, we play nickel. It's like somebody's got this this the stats or the data out there. We play two inside linebackers. And we play so much versus so much eleven personnel. We play a nickel. So there really is no rover. So it's like, how do you get that other linebacker on the field? I'm arguing that they're going to a three-man front and they're going to have like a Sam guy that's a rush guy, which I believe it's not a Viper. It's a, it's an entirely separate position. And I think Marist has been demoted to that position to kind of like quiet the noise and let him rush versus having to make key, you know, reads and keys. Does that make sense? That's not his, that's not his strength. Okay. And Sneed is his backup. I think yeah. that Sneed will pass Marist up as a pass rusher. Okay. And I've talked about that on the boards. Sneed, to me, I, I think it'd have a similar kind of like, and I'm not saying he's going to become Mark, Micah Parsons, but like Micah Parsons was, I think, the, the top 10 pick for the Cowboys. I don't remember where he was slotted. Early first round pick. He was a Will linebacker at Penn State. Um, they have like a couple defensive ends get hurt and then they put him at defensive end. And he ends up becoming like defensive player of the year, you know, okay. hall of fame type kid. I think that Snead, they should utilize Snead in that way and let him rush the passer. Don't let him think it's, you know, he it, give him time to continue to understand the scheme and understand keys and understand football, but he's too athletic and he's too explosive. Just let him pin his ear back, ears back and go make plays. Okay. Orchid texted me, said Aztec is another safety, but it can also be linebacker. I think they're expanding the role to include a little bit of what Goolsby is saying. He's right to say there's not a rover anymore. Orchid was as a pass rusher, so I'm getting one-on-one work with uh, a grad assistant the other day on pass rushing. Golden's watching closely. so Yeah. So, so. All, all things considered, I'm excited to see the, de- the defense. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're going to get away from that defensive end in the box, and we're going to do something else creatively. And I believe that Marist – and Sneed, while listed as a will and on your, you know, your roster, I just think that's kind of generic. I don't think we're going to see Marist in the box. I think he's going to be playing on the ball, quick key, you know, down block, I go, out block, et cetera. And I think Sneed passes him up. All right. And your grade for this group? I'm giving it a B. I mean, there's two. And much you can go there. plus or minus, Mike, by the way, you know. Kind of in betweens, if you need to. I'll go. I'll go B plus because you've got some steady experience with Kaiser and JD, and I think you have a high athletic ceiling with the Sneeds, the the uh, the Bowens, the Osberries. Osbury to me was always a will, but he looks so good in coverage. I can understand him playing, you know, Rover. But I think in time, I think Osbury's like too smart of a player to just use him in that rover capacity. I think he slides inside as a will, and he's built like a modern-day will, like 6'1", you know, 225. All right, well, that would be plus. Okay, all right, we'll put it there um, on the linebackers, and let's move to the uh, the defensive line, Mike. Um, yeah, just general thoughts on this group. Um, it seems like Javante Jean-Baptiste is like the guy 
Like he's the Foskey replacement. I don't know if he'll be as good as Foskey, but like that is. And then I mean, you got Riley Mills, Jordan Patelho, mm-hmm. Nana. I mean, it, Howard Cross. There's a lot of guys hoping like Gabe Rubio, Jason Anye break through this season. Um, I don't know what, what's maybe your favorite four um, of this group. Like what what would you want to see Notre Dame put out? Um, and again, that's a spot that they rotate heavily at. But what would you like to see Notre Dame play, um, you know, as a regular starting group? Yeah, I'd say Cross at nose, Mills at three, uh, Baptiste at big end, and then yep. Vitello. Yep. Um, couple like notes. Group. Couple notes. I put um, Cross needs to become selfish and like go make plays. It's like uh, there's no reason that a cross shouldn't turn himself into like a Sheldon Day. Like pick your spots, dude, and go make some plays. You know what I mean? Like go flash. You're not going to – again, you're six foot one, 285 pounds to start the season. Midway midway through the season, he's going to be 275. It's not your job to stand stand there and take doubles. So use all that experience. Take your shots and be a little bit selfish. I don't like Mills playing over 300 pounds personally, just from the conditioning aspect. Cause I mean, I go back to that USC game and Riley was dying, dude. I mean, he was dragging ass trying to chase that quarterback around the field. But if we get a rotation, he should look electric. If we, he should, you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't need to play 50 snaps a game. Right. And kind of drain his battery as much. Um, I think Nana has kind of tried to step into this leadership role in the offseason. I think he's going to be a great just kind of on-the-ball, run-stuffing guy. But in terms of that that third-down pass rush, again, you've got great corners out there. I think um, Baptiste can can flash too. Yeah. Any X-factors of this group, Mike? Oh, Batello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another one of those kids, it's just like you've kind of rooted for him. He's had some off-the-field stuff. He's just kind of a wild man, dude. He's just kind of a wild man. I feel like there's been rumors like multiple off-seasons, though, Patel's about to leave, you know, and here he still is, man, senior year. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, yeah, he's a wild man, you know. It's like if if this guy played football in 1978, you wouldn't think anything. If you guys are smoking (laughs) cigarettes in the locker room, you wouldn't think anything of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but he plays the game hard. And, I mean, yeah, I think that Patello, because I'm such a fan of him, and then you see him get up on the mic, and it's like he had these press conference deals, these pressers, he's almost nervous, and he's soft-spoken. But he's an animal on the field. And, like, he's probably one of my favorite players. You know, when you take the off-field personality with the on-field play, if he gets, you know, 10, 11, 12 sacks, I won't be surprised. He is a better pass rusher than Foskey in terms of the acumen, understanding how to use moves, how to reduce his shoulders, whatever. I mean, Foskey was just a, a long, fast athlete, but he never really showed moves, whereas Patello has moves. Like, he's worked on that craft, as the kids say. He's been in the lab, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> so I'm proud of him for sticking it out, and I hope he has a monster year, and I think he will. Yeah. Um, David brings up the uh... – the two true freshmen who who've had strong camps from from everything I've heard, Brendan Vernon and Bubakar Traore and David says they might just be starting at ends before the season's over. I I think that's like a fun thing to say, 
but you're benching Batelho and, and Javante Jean Baptiste, who I think are the best two pass rushers on the team right now. Like I don't I don't think of that. But I do think that these like Traoris looked really good. So it's a it's a good young group. You hate to see Aiden Gobira go down. Uh ACL, yeah. I believe it was, but um yeah, it's it's a fun group. We even, I mean, Anya and uh, Rubio. Um, yeah, what, what about like Tyson Ford? Um, yeah, you know, let me let me touch on some of these. I'm I'm making yeah. some notes here. So they slid Ford back out to strong side end. Okay. And again, this is just me speculating. Um, but I think they're doing that to keep him happy. Tyson Ford, you're a three technique. You know, it's like we wait. What would we have to wait like three years for Mills to finally like put on the extra 10, 15 pounds and go inside and play three, you know, and I think he could still play three as a 290. I don't think that a kid needs to be 305 plus to play three technique, depending on their arm length and all this stuff. But I think they kicked him back out to end to keep him happy. But I think in time, he's absolutely going to be a three technique. Um, wasn't yeah, he like Rubio, pounds? Like wasn't Ford like? Big, big. Now he's down to 274. Yeah, and I'm just like, when I watched Ford's film, he reminded me of Chris Jones from the Chiefs. That's what he reminded me of. Just the way he moved, the length. Um, kind of real smooth, kind of explosive athlete. Super high ceiling. Um, But yeah, who's he, he's going to beat out? Nah, he's going to get on the field. He's going to beat out Baptiste and Nana to go play. I mean, that to me, Tyson, Tyson Ford should be a kid that can spell... Riley Mills. Um, Rubio apparently has had a great camp. He's always seemed like a limited athlete. I mean, if he could figure out to, how to play with like a wider base, everything he did was just like straight ahead bull rush. And maybe that's just some youth. The game's moving kind of quick. Um, but it's, you know, especially early reports in camp, we were hearing about the size of some of these interior guys, interior D linemen. And I would equate our lack of size at interior D line is like what we talked about at corners a few years ago. It's like we didn't have athleticism and speed, elite guys at corner. We didn't have the size. So we're starting to get there. I mean, I don't think these guys are as thick as a Georgia guy or a, a Bama interior uh, lineman. Um, but, yeah, I think Rubio's, Rubio's going to play. And I'm just I'm curious to see how good of an athlete he is and how well he moves laterally. And then the other one is Josh Burnham. Um, and people have talked about him and I know he's a great athlete and stuff, but I just think that people need to give him a little bit of grace and a little bit more patience. Cause folks, I mean, he was an off the ball linebacker slash quarterback in high school. And now he's got his yep. hand in the dirt going up against the freaking Blake Fishers of the world. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he's not thriving, but I mean, a, that kind of a transition might take another year. And then you keep, you mentioned Brennan Vernon. Brennan Vernon is this year's Rocco Spindler. Fans love that dude, you know? Yeah. And I think it comes with like the whole aesthetic and the demeanor. And I dig it. Like you guys love the shave head and all that other stuff. You know, it's like, he's not, this isn't cage fighting. This is football. So, <laughs> but he is absolutely a fan favorite. Oh, he's great. Um, that, yeah, that's an interesting one because I think like Rocco, I think like, why aren't we playing this kid, Jordan Johnson? Remember a few years ago. I don't think that's going to be Vernon though. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just saying in terms of yeah. like fans. Yeah. They they for what every year they kind of pick a recruit, and yeah. Rocco was the guy we talked about because Rocco looks like an extra from like a Sopranos episode. He has the yeah. look. He has the name. 
you know, he looks like a badass and Brennan Vernon looks like a badass. And I'm just saying it doesn't make you a great football player. Not saying that he won't, won't be one, but it's just, it's funny how fans do that. It's just something I've, I've noticed. Yeah. And then uh, for, for this, Mike, you're a grade. B plus. B plus. Ah, maybe A minus. A minus. Oh, B plus, A minus. I think, I think like cross, an 89 and a half. Dude, right. I think Cross is NFL. I think Patello's NFL. I think Baptiste is NFL. And I think Mills is NFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, A minus. Okay. Um, we're 41 minutes in and just getting to the offense. I think that's actually that's pretty decent. I will take that. Yeah, do you 10 wanna... minutes of position, dude. We're, we're, yeah. we're humming. We're humming. Yeah. Do you uh, want to go to the offensive line? Let me just see if I missed any other things. Okay, yeah, go ahead on the defense. Because um, I did. I put a lot of work into this, Mike. Go ahead. Um, that's about it, yeah. Sneed, Sneed's got to show up. And, I, I, again, I think he's going to – we'll figure out whatever that outside linebacker slash will slash Aztec slash looks like. <laughs> yeah. But Sneed, Sneed should flash, and I just go back to that bowl game against South Carolina – that kid at 205 or whatever he was was walking offensive lineman back, like shocking him and walking him. I'm like, damn, that's an explosive kid. So um, really excited to, to see what happens there. Safety is right. the weakest link. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, we're just going to move over to offense. I think the tackles, I don't know how much time we need to spend on Blake Fisher and Joe Waltz, um, but I think the question is, does Notre Dame have what it takes at guard? And, and I mean, we know what you got at center with Zeke. But all the talk was Billy Shrouth, Andrew Gustafic early in camp, and now it's Spindler and Pat Coogan. It's been a little bit of a surprise. I'd say that's probably the top storyline from camp. So, yeah, what are your thoughts about this offensive line unit, specifically at guard? Um, so when, when we hired Joe Rudolph to be the offensive line coach, you know, he comes over infamously or most notably from Wisconsin. Wisconsin likes to pull guards – in Notre Dame's recent past, we hadn't really done so much of that. It was a lot of inside zone, those duos. Like you just didn't see our interior linemen out in space. So we're thinking that that might change this year. Can you do that with Rocco Spindler? Rocco Spindler, and I've said it since we saw his high school film, I was never that high on the kid because he had big, heavy, just cement bricks for feet. So I don't know if you can get a guy like that out on the move. Maybe Coogan's more of your pulling guard. Coogan's a Chicago League Catholic kid, so I'm rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that Christophic doesn't really seem to be in the lead anymore, and I think that we had assumed that Billy Shrouth was going to win the job, probably the best athlete of the group. This is another position, Mike, where I don't think this is going to be set in stone. If I go back to like the defensive side of the ball, I think you might see some some – interchangeability at nickel and i think you might see some interchangeability at guard i don't think that this i'm not saying it won't be or that it is but uh might you see coogan week one and two and then maybe you they insert christophic back in i i I don't know i don't think that this is set in stone does that like because the, the offense line usually is barring injuries the one spot that is set in stone more than any other i mean quarterback but then does that concern you at all that they don't have that time to mesh or are you fine with, you know, changing it and out guys? Well, I told you 
my solution, I think it's maybe it's unrealistic, but I like I said, I would start hypothetically week one, start Coogan and start Rocco first half. And then the second half, you start Shrouth and Christophic. And then week two, you start start Christophic and, and Shrouth. And then the second half, like you give them game time leading up to NC State, leading up to Ohio State. And then watch the film, take that feedback. You know, uh, I think the way that this schedule sets up, bro, I think that you could do that. You know, I mean, if you played Ohio State week one and, it, they got, you know, they got Emil Wagner taking reps at guard. Yeah. My biggest concern is I go back to Ohio State last year and you just watch Ohio State's defense and they've got, you know, people call them delayed blitzes, but they've got these cross dog blitzes, so much movement up front. And if Coogan is a lesser athlete than Shrouth and Rocco's a lesser athlete than Wagner, hypothetically, it's like I just get nightmares of Kane Madden just not being able to slide and not being able to redirect and move with all of these moving pieces on defense. That's my biggest concern. I'm not even worried so much about running the ball. I'm worried about interior pass protection, especially if you go back and watch Sam Hartman's film at Wake Forest. He's not the tallest dude in the world. He likes to slide up in the pocket. You know, it's he either rolls out and kind of makes some backyard kind of spont spontaneity, kind of spontaneous plays, or he steps up in the pocket with that slow mash. It opens and then he steps up. If he's got people sitting in his lap, that ain't good. So to me, if I'm critiquing or what's the what's the metric for how we're going to pick our starter, who's moving laterally? because you're going to see it that Ohio State game. That's my biggest fear. Do you have a preference on who your starting five would be? No, because, I, dude, I haven't seen enough, yeah. honest to God. Okay. Um, but, I like, if Shrouth is the best athlete of the group is what you know people say, he's got two or three games to figure it out. To me, I think he's the risk is worth the reward there athletically. And, like, a Wagner, it's like, dude, to me, I've always said it interior, at any offensive line position, play the biggest, best athlete you can. I still think I still think Jagasaw is going to start a couple games before the end of the You've year. You've been saying that, yeah. I mean, the dude's a freakazoid. He's a freakazoid. And Blake Fisher also. I think Blake Fisher has been slightly overrated um, since coming in. I think he. I know we talked about this on air a couple years ago. He always seemed like he was out of shape to me. So I know he's lost some weight, and I hope that helps with his foot speed. And if I could just talk like football for like a couple seconds, like. Um, like as a blocker or as a, so let's say I'm a defensive end and I got to get around the guy and pass rush is really getting my hips beyond their hips. That's how you win in pass rush conceptually. Some of these dudes and like, you know, the two cups of coffee that I had in the NFL, like they are so big standing in front of you, Michael. You're like, how would I even get, a, how am I going to get around this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Blake is one of those guys, but right. in terms of like his, his draft stock going up, I want to see more athleticism from him. It's just, he's always been kind of like just a big, big enough guy where he doesn't have to have elite feet. And it's, he's, it still makes people difficult for folks to get by him. He's always hung his hat on a, a as a run blocker. He's been a lot more vocal this off season. So um, I still think there's room for improvement from Blake specifically in past sets. Before we move on to, Tight ends. Do you want to love up this guy real quick, Joe Walt? Yeah, dude. 
Has anybody seen Joe Alt, Mitch Evans, and it's who's the new tight end, the freshman tight end we got? Is it Cooper Flanagan? Flanagan? Flanagan, yeah. Has anybody seen Joe Walt, Mitch Evans, and Cooper Flanagan in the same room together? I, I half kid, but they look identical. They look like they could be, <laughs> you know, triplets. Yeah, man. I mean, Joe Walt, uh, captain. Congratulations to Joe. Stay healthy. Go get your money. You know, he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to make a lot of money. God bless him. Stay healthy. And I hope he gives like 10% back to uh, the man who hyped him up the most. 10%. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take one. There you go. I'll take 1%, but I'll ask for 10. You got to start high. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. As much leverage as you have, you got to start high. <laughs> Life without Michael Mayer at tight end ghouls. Oh, we didn't give, we didn't give him a group. We didn't give him oh. a grade. We're giving him an A. We're, I'm not giving him an A plus. We're giving him an A. We didn't even mention Zeke Carell. Shame on me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. Wiley veteran, but like I said, that's my concern at guards is interior line play based off the way Sam Hartman likes to step up and throw the ball and what we saw from Ohio State last year, just sitting in our quarterback's lap. Yeah. And then um, tight ends life without Michael Mayer. Um, we, you know, Cooper Flanagan, I think, has had a good camp as a as a freshman. Uh, Mitch Evans looks like guy, uh, the, the number one guy, uh, Kevin Bauman injury. Just, I mean, just really sucks for that kid. Uh, we got Davis Sherwood, um, who I think is, um, you know, a guy to keep an eye on, um, you know, in, in some packages, I think. But uh, yeah, I think Mitch, Mitch Evans, Holden stays, Raritan, Flanagan, Sherwood. I think that's, that's pretty much the group, Mike. Well, now we're getting into talking about the offense as a whole. Okay. Because you've got you've got Mitch Evans, you've got Stays, you've got Raritan. Sure, you've got Flanagan, and sure, you have Sherwood, who's a former walk-on. So Sherwood isn't really a tight end. He's kind of a move guy. You yeah. know, Barrett Liebentritt was the backup at that position. We'll call it an H. So mm-hmm. Barrett Liebentritt's now at University of Nebraska – Omaha kid, one of my kids, going to be a starting fullback for Nebraska. Wow. So that position, so he, yeah, he went into the transfer portal as a walk-on, which is wild, right? And so, yeah, he's going to be your starting fullback at Nebraska. Um, but, yeah, Davis is um, – he's, he's a detached blocker. So I'd, categorically, he's not really a fullback – or excuse me, a tight end, rather. So going into the season right now, Mike, we have two tight ends. We got Mitch Evans and we got Stays. Raritan isn't cleared and Flanagan's a true freshman. So will we see Flanagan as an extra blocker? Sure. Is he going to catch any passes? No. So uh, you've seen the program, Mike, you know, the movie, the program. Tell me you've seen the program. I hate when people do this. This is my number one pet peeve in life. The program, dude. You've never seen the program? You can keep saying the same words over and over again. I don't know if it's going to change anything. Unreal, man. Unreal. Well, there's a scene in the movie, this defensive end, this defensive lineman wins his starting job, and he's like, plates at the table, you know? Great great line, plates at the table. So Mitch Evans holding stays, the plates at the freaking table. So who's going to go capitalize? I think Mitch is probably an NFL guy, kind of a – I don't think he has the ceiling, though, that holding stays does athletically. So – one of these guys should pop, but it depends on how the offense is going to look. 
you know, can you can't do a ton of 12 personnel with only having two tight ends. You can't play a lot of 11 personnel if we've got a, a, so much experience, inexperience at the wide receiver position. So I'm just talking in general. Do I like Mitch Evans? Yeah, loved him since high school. Do I like st- stays? Absolutely. Raritan is ultimately the guy. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, Raritan is Raritan's a freak. I mean, Raritan's a first-round pick if he can stay healthy in terms of height, weight, speed, athleticism, all that. So letter grade, I, I got to go like – I got to go – B minus, C plus? Dude, objectively speaking, we got to go C. C. I hate to say it, but it stays – what is like one or two catches? Mitch has a couple catches, career catches. Yeah. Just hope Raritan comes back and is just like ready yeah. to go. And it sounds like he is, you know, he's back to himself. He's not medically cleared, but um, yeah, he's a he's a freak, dude. You played he's a freak. You played with his dad for how many years at Notre Dame? So his dad Scott was a year behind me at okay. Notre Dame, and then he actually we lived in the same dorm. He lived like two doors down. He had Eli when we were in college, right? His now wife, girlfriend back then, gave birth to Eli. So that's a trip. But yeah, I've met Eli a couple times. Mm-hmm. Mike, have you ever been around like an NFL athlete? Like, you know, like met one? Sure. Of course. But like, you know, like they're. And he I'm a, looks different. Yeah, he dude. looks different. And I'm yeah. a big boy. Like, I'm 6'4, 260. And I'm not built like, I mean, I remember like Jeff Samarja when he was playing with the Cubs. Like, you. Like Jeff Samarja is like their their frames are they're just huge people, and you look at like a uh, Travis Kelsey, a George Kittle, like they're not overly muscular, they're just massive people. That is Eli yeah. Raritan. He's different. Total side note: you know who on the Notre Dame staff is fits that, and if you see him in person, Mike, you'll know is Gino Gadouli. Hmm. Notre Dame's quarterbacks coach. He, He's just a lot bigger of a human being than I thought he was going to be. And for all the people who are getting on to me about the program, listen, calm down. I looked it up. Movie came out in September 1993. I mean, I, I was a month old at that point. So, big three O's on August. Yeah, 20th, dude, but yeah, like Casablanca came out like whenever. Just like you got to watch it. You know, that's no excuse. Let, let's just not. Let's just stop. Mike, you it. talk college football for a living. You write about college football for a living. Shame on you. Watch the program. I can't break down Mike Goolsby's career at Notre Dame. I was still sucking my thumb. Am I not allowed to speak on Notre Dame anymore then? No, you, well, you're active with it. I'm just saying it's one of those things. Man. All right, I, I hear you. The chances that I watch it are still slim. I mean, you're going to have to beat down my door to get me to remember to watch some movie from the 90s. Unbelievable. So. Lost a lot of respect for you. Oh, a little bit I had, Mike. First time. It's not the first time, <laughs> Goolsby. All right. Um, receivers. Well, this is a fun group to talk about, and I love that we're going to end on quarterbacks, too. It's it's almost like I did that. Like we group. planned it out, yeah. So when you called me, you know, again, I mentioned this earlier, you called me about 10 minutes before we started recording. You are like, hey, I want to go through the group, each group with the lens on, is this a national championship group? So that's how I pose this one. Does the, Irish ha- does the Irish receiver group have championship potential? I mean, I don't think you can 
go into the season saying yes that like yeah this is a championship group that's why i put like potential and this is have that is not a uh, good good verbiage by <laughs> it's not good verbiage by no it's fine I'll, I'll buy you some time yeah there you go so, so does this group have championship potential are we talking this year the answer is probably no, not this year. I mean, they're so young. Yeah. I mean, outside of Jaden Thomas, nobody else has really done anything. I mean, obviously, Rico Flores, great house or true freshman. Uh, infamously, Tobias has one catch. Yeah. Colsey, I think, and this is off the top of my head, Colsey's got like 19 catches in two years or something like that, 21 catches. So, yeah, you Colsey. can't, you can't has a career 13 okay so yeah this year the answer is is i mean who, who objectively speaking everybody listening drop a drop a shitty comment regardless but like if you're looking at it on paper it's like sure there's talent in the room but they are very young and Poor Sam Hartman. I mean, it's his job to to fix all of these shortcomings, right? I mean, it's gonna hopefully, yeah. So it's it's wild, I, and it's, it, I don't even know if Colsey's gonna start anymore. And I've said it for a couple years, going going back to his high school film. The guy never seemed like he loved football. Deion Colsey's the perfect kid that's gonna do the forty for forty thing. I bet you Deion Colsey's tremendously successful outside of football when football's done. But I just don't see him play with the fire, with the level of compete that's needed. And I saw it going back to high school. And people can talk about, oh, well, he hasn't, you know, you can't coach. You either have compete in your DNA or you don't. And if, if, if he's a junior and with a young wide receiver room around him, it's a chance for him to elevate himself into leadership kind of status. And it doesn't seem like he's doing it. Um. What's also interesting about this group is all offseason folks are like, man, we've got some dudes. This wide receiver room is so talented. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe you. But, you know, they really haven't done anything. And now it seems like halfway through camp, like that narrative's kind of changing, you know, that they're not showing their full potential. And then the argument against that is, well, they're going up against the best corners in the country. Sure. Somebody in that group, Mike, has got to make contested catches. Who, who do you who do you like for that? Um, Flores and Greathouse, because you saw it. And if I could just Colsey on film was a run underneath it catch guy. You know, just throw it up there. I'm going to run underneath it. That's entirely different than putting your foot in the ground and going up and out jumping somebody, out muscling somebody for a, a ball. With both Great House and Flores, you saw it on their tape that compete, that w willingness and want to to come down with the ball. The problem is that neither one of them are like going to take the top off of a defense. Yeah, you know, neither is um, Jaden Thomas. Neither is Jaden Thomas. And are they going to slide Jaden Thomas back outside, which is what they did early in his career before he kind of found that home? We talked about it. That kind of like he's almost like a tight end ish. They used to kind of attach him in run formations. So there's a lot of unknowns, man. I mean, absolutely, there's a high ceiling there. But um, like anything else, you got to kind of show me.
And then the other, the only other note, um, two, we got to talk about Tyree. Yeah, let's do. I always said that I thought Tyree was going to be kind of a gadget guy, move him out, put him in, you know, break the huddle. He's at tailback, move him out. Some fat ass like me, he's got to cut, you know, play coverage against him. But now they're, they're making it sound he's your starting slot yes, receiver. Yeah. I'll be shocked. I still don't I, – I just – I don't believe it. Um, I mean, they you know, are. talking about a guy that's going to have small hands. If he catches, like, seam passes, if he's playing – like, if he's running the full route tree, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to be wrong. But I'll be shocked if he's running the full route tree. Um, but – People seem to be like he's the bright spot in the room right now, which is a little worrying. But yeah, I I do feel like he's more of fifteen and in. I don't see him running twenty five yard seams down the field, you know. And, and Sam Hardman's got to fit a ball into five nine and a half. Chris Tyree, I don't see that. Um, I could see bubbles and such like that. I mean, yeah, I th- yeah, bubbles outs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think fifteen and in for for Tyree. It's so funny. I said uh, in my notes, I said I bet you. I'd, I'd bet he makes less than 10 catches more than 12 yards downfield. So you're saying 15, yeah. I'm saying 12. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, Tobias, Tobias to me, he's got to grow up. He's still a little goofy to me. Like, you got to grow up, dude. I mean, why are you saying he's goofy? I just think he's a little goofy. It's just, me, it's just, it's, uh, you know what that is, Mike? It's 30 years of being around football. It's just, I think he's a little goofy. Well, I'm I'm asking you how you came to that conclusion about Merriweather. Because I've seen him go back to the like the bowl game. I saw him like drop passes. Like he had a drop pass. He was wide open and just dropped it. He came out as a true freshman and said that like, you know, he he saw the crowd and he like lost his train of thought. He forgot what he was supposed to do. So he's physically talented enough to like go play, but like he couldn't handle it. And we all love the transparency and the authenticity of him sharing that story, but you goofy. Jaden Greathouse ain't going out there being, oh my God, there's people in the stands. Jaden Greathouse isn't going to do that. And if he does do it, he's never going to cop to it. Same with Rico Flores. That's why I say he's a little goofy and he's a West coast kid. He's a Washington kid. So when you get into like the, their hard wiring, he's going to be a little bit more chill than a Texas kid. And I think he's got all the, all the potential in the world, but it's like, it's time to kind of grow up, man. You know, he's kind of been anointed unjustfully so, or rightfully so. I don't know, but people want to see him play. Well, as we go through the receivers, Colsey, I mean, some of these guys are deep threats in the sense of the deep balls, but not take the top off the defense, right? Colsey is a Mike Singer clone. He's a possession guy. No, I'm more Matt Salerno. Which We've you know, Jaden Thomas, Great House, Flores, all really nice players. But Merriweather is with the size and speed. Is the only one who's like, all right, go, you're go run the nine route and just run past a guy. He's the only one. So yeah. I posted a clip on social media today um, where I asked him, Hartman's your most important player on the team. Who's second? He said, estimate. A lot of people, a lot of fans are saying Merriweather just based on the impact. If he does hit, it's a huge bump for this team. Um, well, because why? you can't have too many of the same types of receivers. You need this kind of guy. Sure. 
So, well, what's up? I mean, Merriweather was highly recruited, right? Yeah, sure. But the, the amount of, and I'm using the term pressure, the amount of pressure on him, you know what I mean? It's not, it's like they, Notre Dame fans are treating him like Arch Manning or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just a, he's just a high four-star receiver and people are putting the weight of the world on this kid's shoulders. And I wonder why. Um, I'm on record. I'll say it again. I think Braylon James has got a shot to be that guy. Braylon James plays the game wide open. He's like, you know, those, those SEC, those Alabama receivers that can catch a ball and just go, um, go back and watch his high school film. There's something about him to me. I love this. You know, six, three, 200 pounds. That's plenty big folks. I mean, everybody gets yeah. enamored with six, four, six, five wide receivers. You're six, two, and you can time your jump, put your foot in the ground and go up. You're plenty tall. Yeah. So don't rule Braylon James out either. No, no, just, yeah. 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 The, the sense just seems like, um, he's a little bit raw right now. That's what we said about him months ago. And mm-hmm. still he, 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 he might, I mean, maybe in the season, kind of clicks for him but i think right now it might be a little just a little ways away folks if you're watching live with us we've got a huge group please hit the thumbs up on this video i don't know how many likes we're at now maybe someone can tell me in the chat i i'm not able to see let me know how many likes we have live yeah, right sorry now. we're not i'm not i'm not good at the chats i just get so wound up dude i start sweating literally half the time i'm talking here with this what stuff yeah no i'm but, saying like you know f- feedback from the chats my last note on the receiver group yeah go ahead um, the roles that they're slotted in. So could you, I guess you can't pull that up, but off the top of my head, they've got Tyree in the slot backed up by Great House, right? And to the field, you have Tobias backed up by Flores. And the boundary was um, Colsey. And who else am I forgetting? I'm sorry. Um, did you say Jaden Thomas? No, Thomas. I didn't. Yeah, Horka just texted me Thomas. <laughs> okay. There you go. So let's talk about that. So I'm going to write that out. So field, we've got Tobias, and we have Rico Flores. Flores. Slot, yep. you've got Tyree. Great house. And you've got Jaden. Not a lot of depth when you, when you write it out. Not a lot of depth. And then boundary, yep. we're going Colsey. And Thomas. So actually, we're going to go with Thomas and Colsey. Thomas, right? Colsey. And then, you know, Matt Salerno. I'm not sure where he works out specifically. Hold on. Horka just sent me something I could pop up on the screen, actually. Oh, I think he. Look at Horka. Tyler Horka. Oh, Horka's just the man. Okay. So slot, Tyree, Great House, Salerno, Field, Merriweather, Flores, Boundary, Jaden Thomas, Dion Colsey, Braylon James. So there you go. Scroll up so I can see all three. Go up past okay. Yeah, so just just I'm no I'm no I'm no wide receiver guru. But I feel I think you could put Great House in the boundary as opposed to the slot. I agree. I think you could put Flores in the slot. Yep. Yep. Just because you know that bigger body. Again, that Mike Singer clone, right? You need that big body in the boundary. And I can't, can't you just see Great House going up and competing for balls on third down in the boundary? I could see Rico. Rico runs great routes, getting open out of the slot position. So maybe I might flip those two over. Um, Jaden, I think you move him around all over the place. I just, he's not a deep ball guy. 
and uh, yeah, field. It's like I'd put Tobias and I would put um, Braylon James out there. Just speed. I don't like Rico at at, at field. I like Rico more in the slot. So I why like not? As a, as a wide receiver, why not? I agree, but why not? Well, Rico at six foot, two hundred pounds, not the tallest guy. And also, he's not like a 50-50 ball guy. He's just he's more of a natural route runner receiver. Mm-hmm. He's like he's a technician. So I like my technicians in the slot. Okay. Um, but also he can work to the field, but I just prefer that in the slot. So Great. uh Orca, if you're still watching, let text me if there's like we just got our crack staff guy. If there's like cross training, like I'd be curious if like in camp great house is working out at multiple spots, like if he's if he is working outside as well, and same with Flores. Um so I, I think you was I think you assume as much, right? Yeah. And again, this is just some of this stuff is generic in terms of like positional kind of the way it's laid out. Um, but that's the that's the way I, I, I see it kind of shaking out. People love to talk numbers. He's going to so and so is going to have thirty catches for six hundred and seventy-two yards. It's like I can't really get into that. Um, we'll leave that for Tim. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's an unknown. I'll be shocked if Tyree actually runs downfield routes because I just he's got, he's got small hands, and I just he's more of a low to the earth again in and out Wes Welker type guy to me. I just I don't see him going up and getting a ball contested and you know against the safety yeah. or something like that or you know he's going to make a contested catch like running a banana route against a linebacker or something like that. So it'll be it'll be interesting as far as a letter grade Mike just to keep it moving. Yeah. Am I going to get like threats if I say C? Are people going to lose their minds? It can't be a top 25 unit. It can't be. If that's our criteria, I think it's like a I'd say B minus for the potential. Okay. It's like B minus with a with a lot of promise. If yeah, they or, can or, figure or, out yeah. if they can figure out a way to get Braylon James on the field, I'll I'll give it like a higher B, but yeah, let's go B minus. Just because of the we haven't seen it. Orca says great house mostly working in the slot almost exclusively. Flores is the guy who's moving around more. I could see great house being the number one slot guy if Tyree doesn't pan out. Great house is so good at getting open in the middle of the five. Horka says top 25, but it ain't there yet. Top 25 potential. Uh last time I checked, we were at 168 likes. We have 596 people watching live with us. What are you doing? Hit the thumbs up. Um, you might need to log into a YouTube account. Please just just do it. Help this show grow. This well, is you know. And this should like, be a big show for the for the audience too, Mike. Like, if you have, we're not all. I'm, I mean, I'm the worst tech person in the world. But like, if you have a Google account, which probably most of us, you have a Gmail email account, yeah. you have a YouTube account. Yeah, exactly. You're already logged in. You might not even realize it. Hit the like button. Yeah, yeah. When I'm on my desktop, you go to Gmail, and then there's like those like six little dots, or maybe it's like nine little dots in the right corner. You just hit click that. Go to YouTube. Yeah, it's it's not hard. Just link it over, and then subscribe as well. So you don't miss any of our content. Mike, we're, we're good every Sunday, right? During the football season? Yeah, man. Sunday, yeah. 7 p.m. You know what I mean, I'm Central. up for whatever. It's just doing those games. And I, I was running by. By the way, I text. I think Tim Hyde became my best friend. Like, I text him more than anybody in my life right now. Uh, <laughs> that's not, that, there's no exaggeration there. But, um, yeah, like, I'm open even doing a Saturday 
thing after the game. And maybe it'd be easier if he and I could do it together to bounce stuff. It's just difficult for both of us that like to watch film to do it right after the fact. That's why I like to do it Sunday night. Well, I think we had the both of you on for the Ohio State game last year. And that was one of our biggest shows we've ever done. So we'll definitely do that. But people are like, Mike, you need to get Hork on a show and Goolsby and Hyde. I'm like, guys, like, so this isn't, you know, a game of Madden. Like, you know, no, 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 no. And that's the other thing. It's like, as much as you gotta you know, make I, I, mean, I feel like I've prepared for this and yeah, I've just been chomping at the bit, um, you know, for football to start, but it's like, we don't, I don't do this full time. Tim doesn't do this full time. So it's like as much as, and I, I fully appreciate people being like, get Goolsby on the show, but it's like, you know, I got other stuff going on. You know, I yeah. can't, you know. But during the football season on Sundays, you're it's locked. on. You locked. It's it. on. Yeah. So uh, before we move to uh, what we just got two spots left. Mondays, Hork is doing his own show with Darren Pritchett. It's gonna be exciting. Wednesday, me and Hyde and guests. You, we try to do a guest every other week or so. Thursday mornings, I'm gonna do a recruiting show. We're gonna try our first morning show. Um, and then Saturday post game with Tim, Goolsby mix in there here and there, and then Sundays with Goolsby. Um, and we'll, we'll do some of those like Friday shows, you know, we're like, we like do a, well, I guess me and Tim have been doing that, but me and you had done in the past, like a pregame 15 minute show type deal. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. mix schools being more. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to actually be at the Ohio state game. Perfect. So, okay. I forgot to text you about this. Um, uh, hold on. I, I have to say this now or I'll forget. I'm Wanting to come out to Omaha on October 19th. That's a Thursday to see Teddy Rezac. Nice. So I'm only taking like two big flights for the fall. There's a lot, there's just a lot of Notre Dame recruits in my area that I can drive to. I'm going to Omaha and I'm going to Boston. Nice. See my boys. Okay. So I figure we, we link up Thursday. I take you out to dinner. Okay. And then we go see Teddy Rezac, and then uh, we do like a post game report where me and you talk to Rezac or something like that. You or come to a workout or something like that. Sure, you could you could stay in my studio, you know, one of the guest bedrooms. You know, <laughs> we'll figure. I don't know about out. me working out with you guys, but uh... no, you could see, you could watch, you could watch. <laughs> I mean, I'm in. That oh, sounds out. awesome, dude. Yeah, I'll I'll be in Thursday out Friday. Um, so I'm I'm in and out pretty quick. I got gotcha. you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to catch a workout, but I, we'll I go, think yeah, yeah. we'll go to a nice we'll go to a nice steakhouse. It'll be great. Yeah, and then and then stand on the sidelines for a football game. You got to come with me. That's fine. I'm down to do whatever, man. Right, we'll hang the watching Singer and I've been doing this for three years and never met each other. There was a spring game where we just couldn't. No, we could have. You couldn't. We could have, but you couldn't. You were you were tied up. I need to tell you the story about that night and why I was tied up. There was a. Yeah, okay. Save that for another day. All right. We are one hour. Running backs. Yeah, one hour, 16 in. Okay. Uh, running backs. How good is this room, Mike? Um, I mean, like with the offensive line, we don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about sure. Joe. All right. We know who he is. Audrey Gestimay, real quick. Thoughts on him, Mike? I mean, just a absolute freak show there. Well, Again, it's just part of part of I feel like you know I, I kind of come on here and sort of bring people back down to earth. It's like well, Estime wasn't even the starter last year. Not to say that you know I preferred him throughout, but not but he was not the starter. 
you know, Logan Diggs got more carries than Audrey Gestime did. Audrey Gestime did more with said carries, but he wasn't your starter. So is he equipped to handle 20 plus, you know, 20 plus carries a game? We like to think so. I mean, he's definitely an anomaly anomaly in terms of like modern day football. My questions are who's going to be your third down back in terms of pass protection? Because if Estime is going to be your third down back, it's like, well, does he ever get a spell? Who Does he ever get a breather? And if he does get a breather, who's our two and three? Because you no longer have Diggs and you no longer have Tyree. So it comes down to conditioning for Audric to me. Who's the third down back as far as either pass pro or leaking out? Because all these all these other guys are new to the system. They don't have the reps in pass pro, pass blocking. And that's another thing. If you go back to watch Sam Hartman and whoever his running back was at Wake Forest, they were like they were dancing in the pocket. Like he would see that blitz and they would slide. It's beautiful. Frankly, it was beautiful to watch. So Sam's going to rely on that. So um, that room in general, hopefully Audric's gone this year after this year, go to league. Um, but yeah, who's who's going to be your third down back and who are the two and the three? I think that Jeremiah, I'm higher on Jeremiah Love than I am um, Jadarian Price, personally. I'm still, I still want to give that kid time to come back from the injury. But this kid is a freakazoid. And if we're running outside zones, such like that, I mean, this kid's a the perfect lightning to estimate thunder, as cliche as that is. Yeah. I don't know how much of, like, practice clips you'll be able to see, but love, and it, it's tough because, like, you see estimate and then Payne and Ford, and they just look like dudes. And then love is a big, I mean, he's a big back as well. Mm-hmm. You know, six foot, 197 pounds, but he just <laughs> compared to the other guys, like they just seem more physically advanced. Um, and again, that's to say, say, not to say love isn't, but just compared to some of those guys no. price though, does look like just from what I'm hearing, uh, Horka just said, Jeremiah just got back to full go the other day was missing team periods with something minor. So that's on Jeremiah Love, but it does seem like Price is um, kind of prime for for RB two right now. Okay, I mean, do you recall? Gosh, I don't remember the name of that kid. The kid that there was a Michigan defensive end that was drafted, and then he tore his Achilles like during pro day workouts and all that. Um, like they put him on the shelf. I mean, I can't, I'm just I'm not trying to come across as negative, but an Achilles injury is no joke, dude. It's especially for a start stop position like tailback. I'm super optimistic. I mean, look at Price. I mean, he looks like a baller. He just does. He's he's that going back to Cowherd. He's got good face, right, Mike? Hey, sweetheart of a kid, too. Sure. Checks all the boxes as far as that's concerned. But there's a ton of talent. I'm just excited to see who is the 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 two and the three. Part of me is rooting for a pain. You know, like part of me is kind of just I'm pulling for the guy. He's had a little bit of an injury deal. Yeah. Um, I would like to see a Notre Dame commit play over a transfer. Again, generically speaking. Yeah. Which I think Ford's the only transfer um, of of the group. That's what I'm saying. But it's like I'd rather see a pain be a number two or a price be a number two and pain be a three versus, you know, Ford being your number two. Yeah. Do you I, think, I, 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 go ahead. Sorry, Mike. Do you think they needed to go get Devin Ford? Sure. Yeah. Well, because you've got prices coming off injuries and pain's been oft injured. So absolutely. 
Absolutely. And this kid was a good player coming out of high school. I've heard he's real kind of a make you miss type guy. Um, I don't know how downhill he is with his running style. So, but yeah, Austin May has the potential to be a star. I think Love has the potential to be a star. And I don't care what he looks like as far as. So you're basically saying he's not as put together. He's not as stout as the other I two. I feel like yes. Okay. Well, so Mike, quick, you know yeah. who Destroying is? Yeah. The YouTube guy? Yeah, he went to Notre Dame. That, that's sure. the only way I know him because he did the video Same. at Notre Dame. Same. So they were doing a tour of like the weight room, of the Notre Dame weight room, and they were talking about Coach Bayless, you know. Uh, and it had Tobias Merriweather and Jeremiah Love kind of walk this guy around campus, give him a tour. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah Love, if you can find that YouTube clip, Destroying, D-E-E, Destroying, Jeremiah Love basically was like, yeah, I didn't work out in high school. He's like, I could do like five pull-ups or whatever he said. So this kid hasn't really spent time in a weight room. Um, and I, I commented that on a message board or something. So he's like, no, he's had a trainer since he's five years old. I train kids. I don't lift weights with my kids. I, you know, I teach them how to play football. So I think the ceiling is super high for love just because he's so fast, dude. You're on mute, Mike. I always am. Um, all right, I posted this on Twitter a little while back. Let me see. Okay, so this is Devin Ford running. Okay. Pretty good-looking kid. There's Estime, just a different level, right? Kids he looks like a different massive. species. He looks like a different yeah. species. Yeah. And this is Love. So, like, just seems a little bit slighter than Ford, but not 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 a whole lot. So this, this is fun, Mike. This is why I've always wanted to watch film with you. This is the closest I'll probably ever get. So when you're evaluating a running back, are you looking at their I'm – not, I'm not really saying I'm evaluating. I'm just giving an observation. Yeah. So, yeah, he's sure he's a little bit leaner. But, yeah. like, you know, like, like remember like a Darren McFadden? Darren McFadden's like 6'2", 210, you know, first-round pick, you know, at Arkansas. So just because he doesn't have the extra 5, 10 pounds of muscle – if he's only getting spot duty on a stretch play, yeah. Let me just let's. Uh, this is so fun. So we're just getting hammered by Estime, right? Inside power, 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 and then you put in Jeremiah Love, who runs a ten five flat hundred meters at six foot six foot one two hundred pounds, and you do it like a stretch play. You can really catch a defense off guard. You know. Oh, I'm for it. Bring it back I'm again. So now they're now they're going to over pursue. He puts his foot in the ground. I mean. Home run hitter. Oh, I, I think all five of these guys are going to play. I don't know how it's going to work, but I think all they all are. Yeah. I so just think it's to, too good of a room, which then we'll move to this. But this it goes regular. back to this is this. It's Mike, it's the same conversation as the wide receivers, right? There's so much talent in the room, but we really even haven't seen it. Even a guy like Devin Ford hasn't played a ton of football. So I'm giving it a, uh, I'm giving it a B, a flat B, not a B minus. I'm giving it a B. Estime has never been a full-time starter. And you got a ton of young talent. Two of those guys are coming off of injuries. One's a transfer and one's a true freshman. So the point about Estime and Diggs. So Diggs had 165 carries for 820 yards. Estime, 156 carries, 920 yards. So the lead back thing, it's a difference of nine carries. Um, 
No, well, Mike, no, you're tech. So add those two together. What Austin may have? 156? 156. And what Diggs have? 165. Okay, so, so that's 321 carries. Yeah. So it's not so much one got nine more than the other. So now we're basically saying add another 100 carries to estimate's workload is what I'm unless talking. Unless they add like 50 carries and now it's like 200 and now you're splitting up. You know, because then Tyree got what? How many carries did Tyree so get? So three backs are going to play, right? Generically yeah. speaking. Yeah. So I think you can give estimate 200 and then, you know, split up another, what, 120 or something between the rest. Yeah. I don't know if you need to give him 250, 300 carries. Um, so it's, yeah. So it's like, yeah. If you, and if you want, if you want to, if you want a mixed bag, you've got your power with estimate, you have your speed with love, and then you have your shake, your twitchy guy between the other three. I don't know, but yeah. I, I'm going, I'll, I'll go B plus. Yeah. Cause I think yeah, that I like there's it. a couple, I think there's a couple NFL guys in that room, but at the same time, we haven't seen it. Yeah. B plus. All right. Last but not least the quarterbacks. Let's go. We are finally here. All right, where do you want to go with this, Mike? Because I know you wanted to talk Dave Clawson, um, and you had that clip from January. Where do you want to? Where do you want to go? Just, yeah. So you did some great investigative research on Twitter, and you saw <laughs> you saw there's a couple clips of Sam Hartman's ex head coach at Wake Forest, and he's kind of talking about all things NIL, pay for play. I got it pulled up if you want me to play it. Hit it. Back to back. Right. Just give me a give me a thumbs up. Make sure that it's uh if it's playing I right. Can hear I can yeah. Okay, here we go. Sam gave us five years. Uh, Sorry, this is Dave Clawson speaking, by the way, for podcast audience. Sam gave us five years. Uh, and Sam was... I'm struggling. All right. Take three. Sam gave us five years. Uh, and Sam was very uh, upfront and honest that, Coach, I want to go to the NFL. But if these crazy numbers that people are throwing out there are real, I'm crazy to not at least test that market. And, uh, and so that happened with him. And we had confidence in Mitch. And what's happened? Okay, so then he okay. starts talking about the other All players. right, so what's – so, Mike, you one tell more, me – One more, what, one more. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, let me play this one. You know, people want to talk about what we lost. I mean, we had six to eight players, Andy, that were offered between one hundred and fifty and five hundred thousand dollars by other schools, and all those guys chose to stay. And Hartman didn't choose to stay. Okay, so what the first got? clip, the first clip, Mike. What is he doesn't come out and say it, but what what is Coach Clawson saying? He's like Sam wanted to leave for the NFL. But, Coach, man, they're throwing out these numbers. I'm going to test that market. So he's referencing NIL, right, to make sure you and I are on the same page here. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. So and then you go to the second clip where they had six to eight players offered anywhere from 150 to 500K to come play at X school, to leave Wake Forest and go play at Kentucky, hypothetically, right? So we're all in agreement, Mike, that Sam Hartman was the best player for Wake Forest, right? And he did not choose to say. And what uh, what's the most position in, important position in sports? 
Probably the holder. Second most. Quarterback? Uh, quarterback, yeah. So it's Sam Hartman, right? I mean, I'm being told he's a top five quarterback in college football. So it seems to me that Sam Hartman tested the NFL market. You know, he got his draft evaluation from the NFL. And they were like, day three, sixth, seventh round pick type thing. And he was like, okay. So I did some research. So a sixth round pick, Mike, their signing bonus is anywhere from like 100 to like 229. 229 grand is their signing bonus. League minimum is 750K right now. So Sam Hartman's like, well, F that. I'm going to, I'm going to go use this COVID year and go get some NIL money. So it seems to me that Sam Hartman went where he got the most upfront money the highest NIL potential, which he's crushing, by the way, and where he was guaranteed a starting job. Why do I say he was guaranteed a starting job? Do you think Notre Dame paid him to not play him? It's insane. Do you think that Sam Hartman uh, turned down a bag of cash and a starting position elsewhere to come to Notre Dame to compete for a job? You're insane. So what you're saying is Notre Dame offered him a lot of money up front. But we also know at the same time, Notre Dame doesn't really do that. You think they just kind of well, made an exception new, We This goes almost back to the program. Like we think in our lizard brains, like we think like, oh, so, so, such and such player shows up at X school and they give him a suitcase full of hundreds. Like there's nuance to stuff. It's like there's a lot of things that I don't know how it's done, but I know it exists. Mike. Yeah. You know, like you drive to the grocery store. You don't know how your car's engine works, but it does. You need to know every single detail to know that it exists. NIL exists. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm like, and then I reached out to, and I showed you the text, Mike. Like I have a buddy that's an NFL exec. And I was like, what was Hartman's draft grade last year? He goes, day three type guy. Well, let me pull it up. Just to reinforce my point that I hope I'm making. I said, that's what I figured. He's making more dough via NIL than he would have as a sixth, seventh rounder, he says exactly. A lot of guys are doing that. Some will take pay cuts to come to the NFL. Some college stars will take pay cuts to come to the NFL. So let's bring this home. Please. What does this mean? Or, or did you want me to play a clip from January? Well, I just want to say that I was right. Okay. So yeah, let, let's hear yeah, go ahead. Let's hear Goolsby. Because I don't like when Goolsby's right. It's weird to me. I think that Sam Hartman's going to use. Sorry, I didn't mean to play that yet. This was streamed January 1st. He's Notre Dame more than that. All right. Great job, Singer. I know. I know. Big time production here. Give me a second. (laughs) All right. And in about three, two, one. It's weird to me. I think that Sam Hartman's going to use Notre Dame more than Notre Dame's going to use Sam Hartman. I think NIL is a huge piece to this. Tim's point, well, he's already making 750, 750K at NIL at Wake. He doesn't need it at Notre Dame. It's like, well, if I was making $200,000 a year with my career, does that mean that I don't want to go make 400 grand? Like, what's the point? You know? That's it. That's uh, good. So that's a, that's a weak, weak. So that's my whole thing is, folks, I don't see – uh, any quarterback going from a – you heard it from an NFL exec, sixth, seventh-round pick to being a first-round pick. And God bless Sam Hartman. I'm not even mad at it. It's smart. Pick the school that's going to give you the most up front and pick a school that helps you build your brand NIL-wise. And I think Sam's crushed it in the NFL NIL market. So how is he going to do as a player? 
based off of this run through, we're talking about O-line, we're talking about the tight end group, we're talking about the wide receiver position, we're talking about the running back. Undoubtedly, Singer, there is a ton of talent, but there's a ton of inexperience out save for your tackles and your starting running back. Save for that, there's a lot of unknowns there. So I just want people to understand Sam Hartman's a great quarterback, but the dude does not walk on water. So this is the ultimate team sport. And I'm just saying like, Sam's a great quarterback, but uh, players around him got to, got to support him. And I think that we've looked at Sam Hartman as a fan base that Sam Hartman's like this savior, like he's going to come in and fix everything. And I almost feel like it's going to be the other way around. I've been told by my sources, if you give Sam Hartman time, he'll slice and dice you. He'll like, he'll find the open receiver um, I don't think that Sam Hartman, he's been playing at Wake, dude. In the ACC, Wake doesn't really get your heart rate going, right? Like, to be the quarterback at Notre Dame, any Notre Dame player will tell you, we get everybody's best shot. You just do. That's how you lose to Marshall. So the heat's going to be turned up. The pressure's going to be turned up. The intensity's going to be turned up. And I'm rooting for him. I swear to God, like he's a great, he's a great quarterback, but it's the team has got to support Sam versus Sam making everybody better. That's how I see it. Dan, that was some really good stuff. All right. If you're just joining us, please like you're 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 missing a lot. I mean, we're an hour and a half in. You're you're gonna want to rewind. So maybe after we're done live, catch the beginning of the show too. So we we've gone through every position. We're just kind of ending here on quarterback. Um, so Mike. You know we love the trucker trailer discussion. At a, does Notre Dame have a truck at the quarterback position? A truck rather than so a truck pulls a trailer, right? You, I mean Notre Dame's oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. as a trailer. You think it's he's a truck? Yeah, he's a twenty-five year old truck. You know, um, dude, he can throw a slant. So we we had quarterback last year that couldn't even throw a slant. So he's absolutely a truck. But I've watched a ton of his film. Yeah, at, at Wake, and he's had some bad games, and he's had some great games, but he is absolutely, in terms of his style of play, it's kind of a three-step drop to a degree, and it's he, he just he'll, he'll, he will let it go. So it's like you're Tobias Merriweather's, you're, you name a receiver, go up and get the ball because he's going to give you opportunities too. Um, that's a big element of his game. And then there's the other kind of the spontaneous piece where he has a little bit of that backyard – you know, kind of scramble, you got to work to get open, help him out type thing. But that goes back, a lot of this goes back to what I talked about, shoot, an hour ago. Interior offensive line has to give him a bubble. You got to protect him in there. If you're leaky inside, he's just not a great thrower on the run. I mean, he can do it, you know. It's not to say that he's slow. He's not Jack Cohn or anything, but he's most comfortable kind of sitting in that pocket, stepping up and, and making his throws. What excites you the most about him and what gives you the most concern? Adam just said, uh, I'm still worried about his interceptions. So, um, yeah, any thoughts on that, Mike? Um, what excites me most about Sam Hartman is probably what he's brought to the fan base. Okay. And I don't, is, that a, is that a tangible thing? Probably not, but it's been, like, fun. It's been fun to stir the pot, the whole Tyler versus Sam thing. I love that shit. I love it. 
And I think fans do too, but I think that's the most exciting part is like, we have a legit quarterback. Is he a, a first round pick? God, no. Could he, could he be a great college quarterback? Has he been a great college quarterback? Yes. Has he been in the ACC with porous defenses playing on a middling team at Wake Forest? Yeah. You know, nobody's circling Wake Forest on their schedule. Everybody circles Notre Dame. So that's going to be really fun to see how it plays out. And then who, if it plays out poorly, Mike, who takes the blame? Does the offensive line get blamed? Does Sam Hartman get blamed? Do the receivers get blamed? That'll be fun. But yeah, I mean, I watched a game against Louisville and it was like two sacks, you know, strip sacks, pick six, strip sack, pick six. He had an awful game. And he's a 24-year-old quarterback making his, you know, 40th start or whatever, and he can still lay an egg like that against an ACC defense. So I'm just asking people, the guy doesn't walk on water, support him fully. Um, but, the, he, again, he's not a miracle worker. He's going to need support from the surrounding cast. Oh. Where do you go with this, Mike? Dude, I'm just going to say – I'm going to say – Yeah, yeah, he's he's based off of our schedule. He's a, he's an A. We'll say A at the. I'm saying A minus. But I think know, A minus is fair. We're playing so many of these. So many of, of the elite programs are breaking in new starters, which I want to say on paper this gives us a definitive edge outside of USC, of course. But I'll give it an A because I'm not trying to get hate mail, dude. But I support the guy. But again. My big thing is interior protection and some receiver outside has got to be able to go up and get the ball done and done. And I'd like a guy like Braylon James don't even need to know the playbook. It's just like, go, go catch it. So that's where I'm at, buddy. Okay. Uh, Real quick. I see what Jeff from Mike says. Sounds like four, four, three for Navy. So rolls different later. Maris sounds like a special situation guy this year. Sure. I agree. Mike, really do appreciate the uh, the five there uh, in, in the super chat. Always, always glad to see you um, hang out. All right, ghouls, just wrapping it up. Hour forty in. Um, your next show will be uh, August twenty seventh. Looking okay. forward to that. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks for letting me run a little long. You know, I know you're you trying no, to keep dude. it under an hour. No, but... my wife, my wife's out of town right now. She always seems to be these days. And um, listen, I'm living the bachelor life. This was cool, uh, fun, man. Any closing thoughts? No, go Irish. And um, yeah, I just I want I want the I want the season to get here. I want to see turnovers on defense. I want to see Watts become a star. I want to see Batello play well. Uh, I want to see Hart stay on the field and like go show up like show up and then offensively I want to see the interior line be stout. I want to see Blake Fisher, like look clean, look crisp out there. I want to see Raritan get healthy. I want to see a young running back step forward. And I want to see people go up and and make contested catches as far as the wide receiver position is concerned. Uh, Do you have any season predictions like a schedule or a record or? I you always ask me this kind of crap and like I'm such a player where I'm just like one game at a time. I really am. We'll we'll save this for Tim Hyde's show Wednesday night. Yeah. 
I mean, I love that we're playing Southern Cal at home. I think that matters. Um, you know, Clemson, this is just random thoughts here, bro. So I was on the field for the Clemson game last year. And people, you know, again, as somebody that's been an athlete, trained athletes, body types, whatever, yeah. we have surpassed Clemson in terms of, like, the eyeball test. Okay. Like, higher asses, better hamstrings. Like, we just – we on like, if you stack our team up against their team, we, we got more dudes. So that's encouraging. So Clemson, to me, has become – kind of a lesser you know the, it comes down to ohio ohio state to me it really does and i'll I be like there so yeah we'll uh we'll have a show with myself and tim hyde wednesday night um so please tune in for that um we'll, we'll do a season prediction show um and uh man stop breaking tim's balls would you always busting that guy's balls. you know what I really was surprised about all of the comments about how people are just like, Mike, how are you going after Tim? I mean, like I've gone after Tim so much harder, given Tim so much more crap. That was nothing. It's child's play. <laughs> I mean, dude, it was, it was the visceral reaction of Tim being objective about Angeli in terms oh, of his gosh. ability, where it's just like, you were just like, I cannot over my dead body now, it's it's the it's the expectations thing for me you know like no, no i don't know what do you mean what do you mean by expectations i'll my, my point is that angeli is going is better than people think he is that's all do i think he's a national championship quarterback he's probably not right i just think he's better than people think i think if the three-star rankings ridiculous like i just think He's, if he gets a chance at Notre Dame, I think he's going to surprise some people. That's all. Oh, he's a much better quarterback than Drew Pine. Yeah. You know, yeah. And Drew Pine was a very service. Yeah, for sure. But trucker trailers is, is Jelly going to. We just need to get to the point. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. But like, you, I think I think sometimes where the people got upset and where I got upset watching it is like, well, you have to back up your statement with, you think that because of. You know, is it the intangibles? You know, like we've every quarterback we've ever had, even it's the same thing with Hartman. It's his, it's his intangibles. That's why you so said I said it on the show and I, I said it too. I was like, I've seen him live many times. I saw mm -hmm. him at practice and Notre Dame before. He's already looks the best. Those four quarterbacks they physically, have right now. Yeah, yeah he's the physically he looks yeah. the best. I've always loved his mechanics. I think he's got a stronger arm than people give him credit for. And Tim said, he had a clip where, you know, he looked like he almost just tore his ACL just running a QB draw or something. It, it, and I saw the clip. It didn't look great. But I do think he's more mobile than I think people think as well. Well, there you so, go. Well, that's, all, that's what you should have said with Tim last Wednesday. The part that I think I was surprised by was Tim coming after Angeli because I always thought Tim kind of liked Angeli. So. Well, both things can be true. Like, I like Angeli. I said that. I said, what happens if Buckner gets hurt? I said, well, then you play Angeli. But both things can be true. You can be objective in terms of your critique of an athlete and still like like him. No, nah, eh, no, it's just Tim's trollness and 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 you know, just Tim He's such a gentleman. He's boy, is he a gentleman. Oh, I I, I Tim, you know, Tim's the best guy I know. Probably he's so. also the biggest troll I know. He's a he's a big troll. And I love him for it. Do you see him on the message board, dude? 
Pot meat kettle. Pot meat kettle right here. That's the pot calling the kettle black, buddy. All right, I got to get out of here, man. All right, fun show. Um, we'll catch you guys later. Please hit that thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. I'm Mike Singer. He's Mike Goolsby. Head to blueandgold.com for more Notre Dame coverage. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.